0: All right, now we're going to dive into uh, Mark. Uh, let's go ahead and pray first. And um, we're going to be in Mark chapter, chapter 4 this morning. God, I, um, as we come before you and as we come into the Word, we recognize that this is uh, your Word that has been preserved for us and it is your message to us. And so I do ask that, uh, that your Word will come through today. That you will remove me and that your Holy Spirit will do the working in our hearts this morning. Uh, We pray that uh, you take these words and and, uh, make them living and powerful and active in our hearts and in our lives. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Mark chapter 3, or chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 36. I've I've been enjoying uh the Psalms lately. Do you guys like the Psalms? I um a couple guys that I meet with with regularly I told them I'm going to start getting up in the mornings every morning and and spending this time in uh scripture reading and in prayer and so I've actually been going turning to the Psalms uh each morning and every time I'm in the Psalms do you guys get this sort of like um sense of peace when you read the Psalms? That's a Like I'm I'm in the Psalms and I feel like I can rest there. You know what I mean? Like when I read them, um, I just feel like I can I can rest uh, right there in those in those words. Um, I was in a church visiting a church uh, a couple years ago, and we corporately read together, prayed together a Psalm, Um, and it it was this one. uh, But I am a worm. And not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me, they make mouths uh, at me, they wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. And I remember just reading this and just feeling like this, this connection with what David was going through. You know, even though I'm not going through what David went through, just sort of this connection, some deeper kind of connection with, uh, with what David was going through and what God was teaching him and just this sense of like resting there and, and this peace that, that David seemed to have. Um, when, I, when I read the Psalms, I think of David's life. You know, his, his quiet sort of peaceful life as a shepherd uh, kind of destroyed and all of a sudden he's being chased by a tyrant, enemy of the state, right, the, the thousands of people are coming after him, the world's coming down around him, um, and then later on is a moral failure, he falls into an adulterous relationship and then has the husband put away to try to cover up, and just like storm after storm after storm of, in his life, just craziness all around. I mean, when, I, when you think of David, you kind of think of the Psalms and then you think of craziness, you know? And so the Psalms sort of came out of craziness, um, and so we read these and we think of David's life and, and then we're reading the Psalms like uh, Psalm 122, in my distress, he says, I called to the Lord and he answered me. Deliver me, O Lord, he says. Or Psalm 125, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which, which cannot be moved but abides forever or Psalm 107 then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress he made the storm be still and the waves of the sea were hushed then they were glad that the waters were quiet and he brought them to their desired haven and we read these and when i read these i get this sort of profound sense that david is talking about a peace here uh, far beyond any kind of material or physical peace that we can experience. Um, in the midst of the craziness, in the midst of the tyrant coming down on him, in the midst of his life about to be taken from him, there's like this peace that goes beyond, well, what if the tyrant wasn't after me, right? It's like a peace that, that, that's just deeper than that. Lord, deliver me, not really from the tyrant, but deliver me from this deeper storm, that's, that's happening uh, in, my, in my life. At the, at the very core of the Psalms, at the very core of uh, the, the Scriptures, at the very core of sort of our human story, we see these, these storms kind of cropping up. I think of uh, uh, Job. If you know the story of Job in the Bible, a man who had it together. He had a lot of stuff, great family, a lot of wealth. His house falls down on his kids. His health takes a turn for the worse. His friends uh, essentially betray him and say, you know, curse God and die. His wife does the same. Storms, right? All through the scriptures. Or um, the Apostle Paul, shipwrecked uh, three times. He spent an entire night swimming. That would stink. Um, he's he's oh, had been naked and cold. He'd been hungry and thirsty. Uh, he had been beaten with rods and stoned and left to die. I mean, like we can't think about life without thinking about sort of these storms that come with life, right? It sort of just is kind of at the core of of our human uh, our human story. Right? Is there someone here that can testify to that? Say yes. yes. There are storms in my life. There are storms that are, are, uh, they don't seem to, to leave. The clouds don't seem to break. Financial chaos or a lack of resources or a loss of resources or a loss of relationships or a loss of friends, betrayal, or a sense of uh, failure. Storms of not being able to get enough done or not uh, being enough, period. Storms of, of sickness, of pains, health problems. Is there someone here that can say, uh, it's, it's hard going through these kinds of storms, going through my life, essentially. I find it very difficult to trust in God in the midst of those those storms. You know, when we when we think back to um, when we think back to people like Job, when we think back to Paul, we think about these kind of storms that they have uh, in their lives, and then we read the stories uh, surrounding them. We see this trust that goes so far beyond uh, often what I can comprehend. So what we're doing in Mark today, we've, we've kind of come to a storm, essentially. We're, we're at a storm, literally. And uh, just to set the stage before we dive into Mark chapter 4 here, um, James Edwards ta- sort of sets the stage for us. He uh, um, talks about how Mount Carmel rises at about two, 20, or 9,200 square feet, square feet, 9,200 feet, um, <coughs> Which means the, the weather at the top of uh, um, the air at the top of Mount Carmel is what? Warm or cold? Cold. cold. 9,200 square, square feet. What did I keep saying, square feet? <laughs> thinking of my house. Just kidding. <laughs> 9,200 feet um, above sea level. The air is very cold up there. And then only 30 miles away from Mount Carmel is the Sea of Galilee. And that drops 700 feet. Uh, below sea level, and so the air there is very warm, right? And what happens when warm air and cold air comes together? It's a storm, tornado. The Greek word is lilaps. Everybody say lilaps. Lilaps. There's actually a uh, Zeus. The Greek god Zeus had a dog, and he named him Lilaps because he was this crazy, wild dog, all right? Lilaps is is the word. Literally, hurricane would be a good translation, or squall. So this major kind of uh, storm, all right? That's to set the stage, and here we go. Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took with them, uh, uh, They took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him and a great windstorm, or lilaps, everybody say lilaps. Great, lilaps arose. And the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. Now, Jess and I uh, rented a little boat once, a little motorboat, um, a couple years ago on a vacation. And um, we went out in this little, river sort of thing, and it started to pour. And the girls are crying, right? Jess is crying, I think, weren't you? Maybe not. <laughs> Yell- yelling? That's. I didn't say it. <laughs> True confessions. It was miserable, all right? But that's not what this is, all right? This isn't like, oh, shoot, we wanted to go fishing today, and it's raining. Um. It's cloudy, whatever, you know, I can't lay out and get a tan, like a, whatever. Like this is, this is hurricane, this is 120 mile an hour winds. These are walls of waves that are coming up and crashing into their boat and literally it's just filling, their boat is being filled up. This is uh, certain death. This is not good. This is more than like a couple tears, oh my goodness, uh, this is really going to ruin our Saturday afternoon. This is, we're going to die. I think the, the first century reader would have thought of Jonah, right? We, we went through Jonah a couple uh, months ago. This, this massive storm at sea where the sailors are freaking out and they're looking around and they're like, wow, if we go from here into there, we are dead. We will not survive uh, once, our, once our vessel goes under. Massive winds, hurricane conditions, um, by the way, who was in control of Jonah's storm? Let's keep that in mind, all right? Don't forget that. As Jonah was asleep, um, in in the story of Jonah, uh, we see Jesus asleep as well in this storm. All right, let's, let's read it in verse 38. He was on the stern, Jesus, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Now, I want you to think of Jonah at this point, all right? Remember Jonah, the story of Jonah. The winds are crashing or the waves are crashing, the winds are blowing um, Jonah, Jonah, Jonah wakes up. They wake him up as well, freaking out. We're going to die. Don't you realize this? Um, can Jonah do anything about the storm? No. Well, he, he could do something, <laughs> he could allow the storm to consume him. Because Jonah realized that God was, in fact, in control of the storm. And Jonah realized that his life was offensive to this righteous and holy eternal God. And so he knew that the answer then was to be thrown into the storm, thrown into the water and for it to be completely consume him and he would then be swept away. Now Jesus on the other hand wakes up faces the storm and does what? The word here is, is it says he rebukes the storm. Now, this, this word rebuke is a, it's, it, it's not a, uh, a common word that you would use in this sort of context. As a matter of fact, there's two other places that it's been used already in Mark, and it always refers to an exorcism or a casting out of a demon. And so that same word, and it's, a, it's a very Jewish word. Um, it it uh, refers to the commanding word uttered by God Evil powers brought into submission. The way is prepared for the establishment of God's righteous rule in the world. So Mark uses this word. This is the power that Jesus, that Jesus had. He looks at the wind. Where, whereas Jonah could do nothing but be consumed by it. Jesus looks at it and he rebukes it with that kind of power. And it says the winds ceased and there was a great Calm. Now, are we beginning to notice a theme in Mark? Jesus has the power to look at a paralytic, a man who's been paralyzed since birth, and to be able to, to, be able to look at him and say, get up, take your mat and walk. He's able to look at somebody who's been tormented by a demon for years, and, and they're destructive to themselves and others, and he can rebuke that demon. And send that spirit out. And in the same kind of power. He looks at the wind and the waves. And rebukes it with that spiritual authority. That, that, that power. That even in the Jewish language. This, only, this is the power that can only come from God. Are you tracking with that? It's God, godly kind of power. Coming through Jesus. And he rebukes the wind and the waves. And immediately it says. The wind ceased. And there was a great calm and now we're not talking about like we're out on the water and the sun peaks out a little bit you know but the wind's still blowing and the waves are still crashing this is like clouds fade you know rain if there's rain rain stops wind stops automatically and these walls of or, of waves that were once crashing into the boat are all of a sudden it says a great calm a glassy sea just calm Quiet with his word, peace. be still. This is uh, uh, This is running for your life because you're being chased by a tyrant. all right? Because you are the enemy of the state. They're coming down upon you. Uh, the army is out to kill you, all right. It's that kind of storm. And Jesus looks at it and he calms the storm. This is your house falls on your kids. You lose everything, your wealth, everything burns. Your, your, uh, your health turns. You're about to die. And your friends and your spouse is saying, just curse God and die. And Jesus looks in the face of that storm and he says, peace be still. And he calms the storm. This is being shipwrecked three times. Naked and cold, hungry, beaten with rods, left to die, stoned, swimming in the middle of the sea all night. That kind of storm. All right? Serious, the serious storms of life. And he looks in the middle of it and he says, Peace. Jesus has the power to calm storms. This is. Pastor Youssef, who we just prayed for. And Dustin, I appreciate you doing that. This is Pastor Youssef. He's been locked up for almost three years, over 900 days. Um, if uh, things don't change, um, and if he does not recant his faith, which I don't think he will uh, at, this, at this point, uh, he will join the list of martyrs, uh, which are quite long, by the way. Um, and Jesus looks at you in the midst of this kind of storm and he says, do not be afraid. Don't you have faith? Don't fear. Trust. When we think about this, um, we think about, I mean, going back back to Job. Have you guys read, who's read Job, the entire book? You've got to read Job if you haven't read it. When we think about Job, what we see early on, um, in the first chapter, he says this. He says, in in, in the face, in light of everything that's just happened, and this sort of, his life is being turned upside down. He says, naked, I came from my mother's womb. And naked, I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. How can Job... In the midst of that. Or we think of uh, the Apostle Paul. In the midst of all the chaos and stuff that was going on in his life, he, uh, Paul says that Jesus has said to him, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your, what? Weakness and your storms, and your problems, how can David, with everything that's going on in David's life, and the craziness, and the chaos in his life, how can he say, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens, praise him for his deeds, praise him uh, uh, according to his excellent greatness? How can Pastor Youssef, in the midst of his storms, in the midst of his chaos, and the, the, the fact that... He may never see his family again, right to his congregation, right to his church. What we are bearing today is a difficult but not unbearable situation. Because neither he has tested us more than our faith and our endurance, nor does he do as such. And as we have known from before, we must be aware not to fail. But to advance in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and to consider these bumps and prisons as opportunities to testify to his name. How can Job, how can David, how can Paul, how can Pastor Yusuf today have this kind of trust? By the way, in the mid- it's in the midst of the storm, right? The storm has not yet ended. They're in the middle of it. There's there's no... The sun's not peeking out yet. Alright? How can they have this kind of trust in the midst of the storm? It's only if... It's only if... These individuals have faith that God indeed controls the storm. And it's only if, because of that faith, they can look at it and say... I do not fear you. I'm not afraid. And, you know, with this, I mean, on one hand, I would like to just end my sermon there. Like, so, you know, look at the storms in your life. And, uh, like, kind of money, Chris. have you seen that movie? It says, look, he looked at that and said, do your best, right? You look at the storms in your life, do your best. You know, or do your worst, rather. I got that wrong. Um, And we all like nod our heads and we're like, yeah, that's you know, that's that's it. Like, to not fear whatever is going on around you, to not fear the kind of storms that are in your life and the craziness, and to say, you know what, God is in control, and I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust. Jesus can calm the storms. I'm going to trust. But then at the same time, so we're like, on one hand, we're like nodding our heads, like, yeah, Um, but then at the same time, I know what we all do, you know, because I do it too. We we're like in the middle of a storm, and we start freaking out again, right? Like it's so easy to be sitting here, filled filled with coffee and whatever you're drinking, and you know, hopefully it's at this point hour of the day it's no more than coffee, I guess, and tea, <laughs> but um, it's easy to be able to just nod your head and say, yeah, that's so good, you know, let's let's hurrah, yay, Jesus, sort of sort of thing. It's hard to be in the middle of the storm and to have that kind of trust. And the thing is, as soon as And please say amen if this is true in your life. As soon as one storm fades, another one comes, right? For example, uh, a couple weeks ago, I couldn't find my phone. Well, that's about every day. But a couple weeks ago, I really couldn't find it for about five minutes. And, um, And Jess always says I lose everything, but I don't. I just misplace things, right? Losing it is like it's gone. And I very rarely actually lose something. It's, I just misplace it for five minutes or maybe five days at the most. So I couldn't find my phone. For five minutes, I was in the midst of this storm. right? Like, and this is a small storm. You got some of you are like in serious storms right now. And you're like, how dare you compare what I'm going through to can't, you know, lose, misplacing your, your phone. Um, but uh, I, I lost my phone. And I'm like, look, or misplaced it. I'm sorry. And I'm looking around for it and freaking out, you know, and this is when you start like tearing through things, you know, you're like tearing everything out of your drawers and you know it's not in there, but you're just angry and it's got to be somewhere in the house, right? So you're going to look in every little corner dumping the cereal boxes out and everything. Can't find it. And then I was like, Oh wait, I think I left it in the car. So I went out to the car and it was like, just sitting right there on uh, the car, the the driver's seat. And um, for about three seconds I was so happy, you know? I was like elated. Like that storm, I was in the midst of that storm. And when you're in the midst of this, some storm, that's like all you can think about. And for about three seconds, I was happy. And then I started thinking about like some bills that I had to pay or something. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, another storm hit. And now I got my phone, but I've got about 10 phone calls I have to make. And I don't, you know what I mean? Like, you see what I'm saying? you tracking with me here. Like my dad says it this way. He says, the, um, the, the, uh, CEO that's losing his business has about as big of a storm in his life as the old lady who's trying to keep the kids out of her flowers. You know, like it doesn't matter really what's going on in your life. Um, there's something else that will take its place as soon as that's, that's finished, right? I mean, isn't this sort of, it's not just me, is it? Isn't this sort of the way life seems to happen? And then we get in the midst of that. And we're like, okay, God calms the storm. Jesus calms the storm. He's in control of everything. And, and we're in the midst of it. And we're like, God, please like, help me out here. You know, help me find my phone or help me get healthier or whatever it might be, that this, this, uh, the storm that you're in. Give me a, give me a hand here. Uh, do some calming. And then when that happens, we're on to something else. And the clouds form in a different fashion. The rain starts to come in a different way. The wind starts to hit us in a whole, uh, in a whole new way. There's like this, this inner storm, I guess. You know, like, So we think of David. How does David have, I mean, he can write psalm after psalm after psalm of words. that Sometimes I, I wouldn't even have the, have the audacity to write. Like, wow, like the peace that he was able to find. Or Job, to lose everything and to say, God gives and God takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In the midst of losing all that stuff? Or, or uh, Paul, in the midst of the chaos that he's, that he's going through, to, to, to say, look, his grace is enough. His grace is sufficient for me. Like, there are these inner storms. You see what I'm saying? Like, the Psalms kind of, they speak to something that's deeper than the things that, are actu- that we can sort of point to in life. Um, we, we typically think, I want to talk about celebrities just briefly. We typically think, like, to be a celebrity would be awesome, right? We talked about that last week, kind of like, yeah, everybody's trying to touch you and stuff like that, and high fives. Um, in general, we think, man, like, to have, some, have fame, uh, fortune, whatever, uh, access to the best, best health care, you know, if health is a big, big thing for you. Um, but what uh, somebody was commenting on uh, celebrities who this person has a lot of uh, relationships with various celebrities, and he says every time somebody becomes a celebrity, they move into that sort of celebrity status, um, th- their life sort of takes a hit. And he says, I would never want to be a celebrity. Like depression, you name it. Depression, um, uh, anxiety, worry. I would never want to be a celebrity, he says. And I don't, I don't know many celebrities, you know, uh, but... Um, I was going to try to make a joke out of it, but I don't know how many celebrities. Um, but uh, I could imagine that that's probably true, you know? Like there are these inner storms that we still seem to deal with, even when the external storms seem to be dealt with. And it continues, and it continues, it continues to just ravage us, destroy us, and the winds continue to hit us, and the water continues to just slosh up and fill up our our soul and we're about to sink. I want you to get this. Um, Jonah, let's go back to Jonah. Jonah and his storm. What happened? He was picked up and tossed into the storm. Jesus In the same way, uh, Jesus, but very different, Jesus willingly Jesus willingly walked into was tossed into that inner storm that we deal with. He was willingly thrown into that storm. And for uh, three hours. On the cross, he suffered more of a storm than we can ever imagine you see there's this th- this storm that continues to just hit us it 's this like deep internal uh, storm of um, of being a slave uh, to sin, to ourselves, eternal waves that crash us and continue to just knock us down. It's a storm that causes us to, um, uh, to not feel accepted, period. Like, we don't feel accepted by man. Because we don't feel accepted by God. It's this storm, this, I mean, if we can picture it, it's this this storm of God's eternal wrath that Jesus willingly was thrust into and for three hours suffered more of a storm than we can imagine. For three days, he was in the belly of that beast. And then what happened three days later? Three days later, he came out of the belly of the beast, the stone was rolled, people like just fell out, and he came out with the key to the storm, right? Can somebody say, "Uh uh-huh, that's right? He came out of the belly of that beast. With this cosmic, and think about this, Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, I mean, the thing that can uh, harm us the most is death itself, Right? I mean, the worst anybody or anything or sin can do to us is death. Uh, physical death and eternal death. Jesus entered into that and ca- came out in his resurrection Then is sort of this cosmic scream, peace, peace, be still, be still. And when, when we get that, when we start to understand that, then we can look at Job and we can look at Dave and we can look at Paul and we can be like, oh, I, I get it. You know, I start to, we start to see like what this all means. You know, we can, we, like, like Job, for instance, we can say, let the name of the Lord be praised. Or like Paul, we can say God's grace is sufficient for me. His grace, like no matter what I'm going through in life, I've got storm after storm after storm. And you know what? I think I'm going to have these storms until I die. And God's grace is sufficient for me. And his power is made perfect in my weakness. Or like David, we can say, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens, praise him for his mighty deeds, praise him according to his excellent greatness. Now some of you are going through a storm. Like you're looking at some storms in your life, right? I mean, we could have probably all just some degree, whether it's your flowers being trampled through or a business falling apart or finances that are, you're struggling with or bills you can't, we've got storms that we're facing. But I want, I want you to know this. Um, the real storm, the real storm, the storm that will continue to wreak havoc uh, in your life The storm that even once this thing passes, the storm that still exists, the storm that is still there, the real storm has been forever calmed. He rebuked that storm and he looked into the face of it and he said, Peace, peace, be still. And by the way, stay still. It's done. When the disciples saw this, when they they were on the boat with Jesus and they see this craziness happen and then he just calm all of a sudden the the sea is glassy. The disciples see this. I want you to see their response in verse 41. And they were filled, it says, with great fear and said to one another, who then is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. Isn't that our response? When we when we start to understand we start to grasp who Jesus is um, we have the same response as the disciples did here the same response as uh, his followers did at his resurrection which was what? when they first saw him excuse me raised from the dead fear, right? it's this when we realize that God is closer to us than we were aware of when we begin to realize who Jesus really is, when we begin, begin to realize that God in his, in his grace, in his mercy, willingly sent his son to be thrown into the storm of his wrath to absorb that on our behalf, to solve that storm, to, to completely just calm it, when we begin to realize that it's like this, this, this first reaction, it's like fear almost, like, oh my... God is closer than I was aware of. Oh my, like Jesus really is who he claims to be. Oh my, 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 my sins were nailed to the cross with Jesus. He willingly bore, bore my punishment. Wow. And then like the disciples we we begin to just fall into that we fall into that grace we fall into that peace we fall into that love and we the big word is trust we trust see for some of you going through the storm Jesus is looking at you wants to look at you and get your attention and say do not fear this storm do not fear Don't wait till the storm is over before you realize who Jesus actually is. Do not fear. Trust. Have faith. And then what we find is that the real storm truly does subside. We truly find peace. We truly find that glassy sea. No matter the chaos that's around us. And then we can say along with with David in Psalm 107. We understand what he means. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. Let me pray. God, we thank you for the fact that the real storm in life has been forever calmed. We thank you for this beautiful gift of Jesus Christ that we, we have to regularly just remind ourselves of how amazing the work of Christ is for us on our behalf. And God, as we are reminded once again and we hear that, that cosmic, eternal voice of Christ who uh, entered into our storm and then came out the other side and screamed, peace, be still. We recognize that, that our, the, the real storm in life is indeed uh, calm. God, we ask that you take this truth, um, imprint it on our hearts on our souls on our lives so that we can go through even, even the rest of today and this week and the next couple weeks and upcoming years and be able to find the peace that passes all understanding as we put our trust into the Lord of the storm and it's in his name in the name of Jesus that we pray Amen